Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. We're so glad. We're so glad. Come here, Brother Dylan. Brother Dylan Woodward. Amen. He's our he's he's from Stockton, California, college intern, interning here for the summer. Aren't we so glad to have him with us? We love you, man. What a blessing he has been. We're going to be praying for him. Just a couple nights ago, his father died unexpectedly. Uh, and no health issues. Just we don't understand. It's one of those things we don't understand. But we're going to believe God's going to give Brother Dylan and his family strength. How many believe that? Let's, let's lift our hands and pray. God, we pray for Brother Dylan today and his family. God, a loss at this time, but we know you're going to make a way where there is no way. We thank you, God, for who you are in our tough times, who you are in these times. That, God, you console us, you strengthen us, and you lift us up. I pray for their family. I pray for his mother. I pray for his brother Dawson today, God. Brother Raymond Woodward, oh God, and his sister Natalie and their parents. I pray, God, a moving of your spirit. Lord, to be on this family today. In Jesus' name, we pray. And somebody says, amen. Thank you, praise team. We will grab our Bibles and turn to the book of Ruth, chapter 2, reading with verse 16. Ruth, chapter 2, and verse 16. Amen. It's a summer harvest. To all of our guests, we're so glad you're here. Those watching by way of the web, we're so glad you're here. Sister Tina, if you're watching right now, I pray a blessing of the Lord on you. It was so wonderful to be in your home yesterday and feeling the presence of God. And I love that song. God has a spot in heaven for us. Amen. And everybody watching online, we pray a blessing into your life. The Lord is doing something powerful right now. God does not take vacation. His people do. <laughs> Amen. One of my friends said, I realized that, that when I pass all these RV lots, who in the world buys all these RVs? He said it came camping season in his first year of pastoring. He realized it was his church that kept the campers and RVs bought out. <laughs> hey, we're going to take vacation. There's nothing wrong with it. But at the same time, we're going to let God do what only God can do. This is his house, and we are so glad to be in his house today. Amen, amen. We welcome all of our guests, and we have this special family right here that we got to meet last week, and they just recently moved here from Hawaii, and we're so glad to have you. Amen. And at least 75% of the congregation wishes they were in Hawaii right now. Can I get a witness from somebody? <laughs> We're thrilled you're here. Ruth 2, verse 16. It says, And let fall also some of the handfuls of purpose for her, and leave them that she may glean them and rebuke her not. Don't tell her that she doesn't belong here. So she gleaned in the field unto even and beat out that she had gleaned and it was about an ephah of barley. And she took it up and went into the city and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned and she brought forth and gave to her that she had reserved after she was sufficed or satisfied. Her mother-in-law said unto her, 
Where hast thou gleaned today? Where in the world have you been? And where rottest thou or work thou? Blessed be he that did take knowledge of thee. There's no way you can have what you have and somebody didn't notice you were there. You got every, somebody's taking notice of you. Somebody say amen. And it says, and she showed her mother-in-law and it, her mother-in-law with whom she had wrought or worked and said, the man's name with whom whom I wrought or worked the field. His name is Boaz. I'd like to preach from this portion of scripture about Boaz invested in Ruth. And I'd like to preach to you today on simply investing in others. Everybody say investing in others. Lay your Bibles down. I want you to ask the Lord to speak to your spirit. Would you do that? God, we love you. We thank you. This tremendous congregation that's come on this day giving the first day of their week to you and attending. I pray a blessing over them. But I pray to, today that God, you would move over our spirit to do what we're supposed to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everybody says, amen. God bless you. When she first entered into this small community, Bethlehem, she, she was known by some as Ruth the Moabitess. The sound man can help me. There's a ring up here on the platform. The, it wasn't just Ruth. It was Ruth the lady from Moab. I, I perceived that they did not accept her as one of their own. Because when they realized where she was from, they judged her accordingly. She's Ruth. Everybody say Ruth. The Moabitess. The Moabitess tribe was started out of a terrible moment. It was started out of incest and drunkenness. And it's not, it's somewhere you wanted to be from, but not known that you were from there. You want to leave there. It was a place of idolatry. It was a place of uncleanness. And, and uh, when she showed up, it was almost when people recognized her in town. Oh, it's not just Ruth. This is Ruth from Moab. How many know today we all have some level of the past that we can be labeled by? And the way she was introduced uh, into this new community this place where God's hand was on was she got connected to these Jewish people. She got connected to the Hebrews by, by her mother-in-law, Naomi, and her husband and their two boys. Because many years ago, when things got bad in Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, everybody say the house of bread. There was a famine that moved through the land and instead of sticking it out, they left. And they decide to go somewhere else to try to make it. May I say to you today, every relationship that you'll have is gonna have times of famine. It doesn't matter if it's parent and child, it doesn't matter if it's friends, husband and wife, your relationship with your church, your relationship with your job, or your relationship with God. There will be moments, the place that has fed you, has been good to you, is gonna have famine moments. It's the truth. 
Look at your neighbor and say it's the truth. There's going to be times that the place that has seemed so blessed seems like it has dry times. It was in this moment of a dry time in a place that God had blessed that they decided to leave and go to a foreign land by the name of Moab. They went, they left the house of bread. They left where they were, their roots were, and they left and went to Moab. And when they got there, they met some people, Moabites, and their sons married Ruth and Orpah. When I was a young preacher, I called her Oprah. I was corrected very quickly. But, but Naomi's sons married Ruth and Orpah, and, and it came tough times because her husband died and her two sons died, and Naomi and Ruth, uh, excuse me, Ruth and Orpah were left with no family. Their husbands were gone, their father-in-law. And uh, Naomi, when she looks around, and Naomi looks around, her husband's gone, her sons are gone, what are we gonna do? And, and uh, she said, I'm gonna go home. She left in bitterness. But what's powerful about Ruth is Naomi who has lost everything. Ruth sees something in Naomi at her lowest moment that she didn't have in Moab in her greatest moments. Ruth saw that Naomi had more in her loss than she had ever had in Moab in all of her gain. Somebody wrote a, 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 a song that says, better is one day in your courts than a thousand, because that's a scripture. And how many know better is one day in Bethlehem? Better is one day with God than a thousand elsewhere. The psalmist said, I would rather be a doorkeeper and the house of the God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. And what you've got to understand as Christians, our relationship with God, it does not mean we're not ever going to have tough times on this earth. But always remember, in your lowest moments, you're going to have in your lowest moments more than you'll have in your greatest moments outside of the church or outside of God. There's nothing like the blessing of the Lord. And would you clap your hands and say, better is one day. Better is one day. God will take you. Somebody made a statement one time and said, every great church has somebody that stayed. Every great marriage had somebody that stayed. And I will say, even with your walk with God, there's gonna be moments that you choose to stay. Famines are gonna come. Make sure that you don't make bad decisions in famine moments. Moab, what they thought was gonna be a blessing, ended up being tragic for them. But the powerful, the powerful storyline is this. Naomi could go home. She realized, I can return. I don't have to stay here and die in the land of Moab. I'm gonna get back to my kinsmen. And whether you're watching online or whether you're here today, maybe a famine moment took you away from God. Maybe a famine moment took you out of the church. Maybe a famine moment caused you to make some bad decisions and there's been loss in your life. But I come to preach to you, loss is not the final destination. You can go home to the house of bread. There's a place of blessing for you. Amen. There's a place where God can give you richness of his field. Somebody shout glory. Hallelujah. How many know we live in the house of bread? We live in the house of blessing. There's nothing like the presence of God. 
I'll never forget when Brother Tony Richard gave his life back to the Lord. He was standing right here. And when he came, he woke up on a Sunday morning and he said, I'm going to the altar today. He told Angel, God woke him up on a specific day. He wakes up and says, I'm going to the altar today. 22 years away from God. And I remember Brother Godwin was preaching. I remember Brother Godwin. He'd say boom shakalaka when he was preaching. He'd be preaching. When Brother Godwin start whispering, and there's power in the blood. And he went to the cross. When he starts whispering, it's getting heavy. I'm getting, telling you right now. And he started preaching about the blood. And I look, here come Brother Tony down the aisle. Lifted his hands in the air and gave his life back to the Lord. And instantly God filled him with the spirit. He began to pray in the heavenly languages. God gave him the ability to speak. 22 years away from God. And he told me when he got finished praying, tears running down his face. He said, 22 years away with no peace. And instantly I've got peace back in my lot. You know why? Because the bread is still in Bethlehem. There's peace still in Bethlehem. In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. Amen. The Bible says the anointing will break the yoke. In his presence, there's deliverance. And it doesn't matter how many years you've had bondage of addiction, bondage of fear, bondage of emotions you cannot handle. Could I tell you when you get into the presence of Almighty God, you will be set free because there's still bread in Bethlehem. There's riches of his grace in Bethlehem. There's blessing in Bethlehem. Somebody shout, there's a blessing here. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter how much loss you've had. That was a part of Moab. But when you come home, you're going to find the goodness of God. We've got we've to remove this ideology in the church. But I'm just going to have to pay for my sins the rest of my life. I'm just going to have to live in a famine because I walked away. Because I walked away, it's not going to be anything but curse and stumbling blocks and chaos and God's against me and he's, he, he, he doesn't ever want to bless me. No, the Bible says, wow, we were yet sinners. Christ died for the ungodly. He went to the cross for every single one of us, those that were in the church and out of the church. Amen, amen. His grace is sufficient. What you cannot do on your own, God can give you the power to do. He will put everything back together. Somebody shout in Jesus' name. Now I feel like preaching today to somebody in this room that you've been dealing with chaos and trouble. I watched my parents over the last several months finally able to buy their own property for the church they were planning in Ripley, West Virginia. I watched them purchase the property in an old church building down the road. They were able through, through stewardship and churches like ours that give and help in the North American Missions Division of the United Pentecostal Church Giving, they were able to purchase a building, refurbish it, and get their own property in Ripley, West Virginia. I, I, I watched my dad and mom work and paint 10, 12, and 14 hours a day, put the stone on the baptismal, put the stone on the back wall, refurbish that building and make it beautiful. I watched that happen. But on one day, in a 16-hour period, this coming Wednesday and Thursday, two flash floods hit Ripley, West Virginia. And both times, one of the rains, five inches of rain in one hour, came down those valleys, hit the front door of that building, went through, took all the chairs and threw them up on the altar of the platform, busted the side door out, never did find the door, over four inches of water inside of that church. Ruined it, it's a total loss. And I went down there to see the building, how it can help. 
I took them an offering from the church. If you want to give to that, may the Lord bless you. But I'm going to tell you, I went down there and talked to my mom after we went down and looked at the building and said, we, we gathered, I think, five chairs, five chairs out of that building that we could salvage, five chairs. Went to the house and sitting there, Sawyer and I with my mom. And she said, Aaron, when we were going through trouble before the Lord spoke to me, and he said, when things look like they're falling apart, they're really just falling in place. And what could have been a grieving moment was a faith moment that says we're just going to watch and see what God does for us. I'm talking to somebody that's in a famine today. You're wondering what's going to happen. I come to tell you, don't bail out. The miracle is on the way. The blessing is coming down your road. God has a plan for you. Somebody shout, God has a plan for me. Jeremiah said, his thoughts to me, uh, for me are not good. They're good and not evil. To give me an expected end. I want everybody to say, God God. wants to prosper me. My famine does not define me. Always remember this. If you go to Moab and there's loss, remember, you can always come home to Bethlehem. Somebody shout, I'm going home. Oh, I'm going home. Bethlehem, it's where it's at. Bethlehem is where he was born. (laughs) Bethlehem is where the star was hung. Can I tell you that church, church, Bethlehem today, it's the house of bread. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every... You're going to find that Bethlehem has a star that's hung. It's where the sun is given. It's a place where there's direction. It's a place where there's sufficiency. It's a place where there's delivering power. Somebody shout, you can go home to Bethlehem. I feel that in the building. I'm not going to suffer another day loss. I'm going home. I feel that in my spirit. I'm going home. How many of you are glad you came home? I'm glad I came home. Oh, Ruth goes to Naomi and says, don't leave me. She said, If I would get married and have another child, would you wait on that child to raise up so I could give you another husband? She said, I'm going home. She told Orpah the same thing. I don't have anything to give you. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, not Oprah. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law and she went back to Moab, went back to her family, went back to her old ways. But Ruth made this statement. We use it in weddings. Come here, Ruth. She said, entreat me not to leave thee. Where you go, I'll go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Don't make me stay here. The Bible says she claved. She held on to her. Because she had watched her in a famine. She had watched her relationship with God. Bear with me. There are some people that don't know God. That will come to know God, not because they meet God, but they meet somebody that knows God. They don't know God, but they'll come to know God because they know you. Some people are going to be impacted by your life. That's going to lead them to the Lord. There was a woman that made this statement. She said, she felt unworthy to touch him, but she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. What she was saying was, I don't have to touch God. I just need to touch something that's touching God. The church is that. 
Before people will ever touch God, they've got to touch something that's touching God, and that's us. We're touching God. Ruth gathers up whatever she has left, and she goes with her mother-in-law, Naomi, back to the house of bread. When she gets there, when she gets there, she's hungry. Everybody that comes to church, they come hungry. They're looking for a place. They're looking for a place of belonging. They're looking for a place to fit in, and they're hungry. And Naomi told her, she said, you need, to, you need to go glean. And there's a difference between a gleaner and a reaper. Everybody say a reaper. When it's harvest time, the reapers would go out and gather. They would leave behind some things that would fall out of their basket. You can picture whether it's a cornfield or, or a wheat field or barley field. The reaper got the first harvest. The gleaners got the leftovers. Did you get that? Reapers go through and get what they can, but the gleaners get what is left over, fell out of the basket, that which was not harvested, it's the leftovers. And Boaz goes in the time of harvest and he looks down and he sees this lady that doesn't belong. She's, she, he asks somebody, who, who is that lady there? Oh, they said, that's Ruth the Moabitess. We've got to quit calling people Ruth from Moab and just call them Ruth. How many believe that? We've got to just see people for who they are and not from where they came from. Because really it doesn't matter where you come from because we've all come from somewhere. It matters where you're going. That's why it really matters. It matters where you're going to. Amen. We've all have a past. We've all made mistakes. We've all have had regrets. But aren't you glad God didn't label you from where you're from? But I've got a mansion prepared for you. I've got something better for you. I've got something stored up for you. And there was something about him that when she saw, when he saw her, he was moved toward her. I, I, I would imagine it was more than just an attraction. I, I can't say that he did not whistle at her. I can't, I can't say that, that he did not. But I imagine that was in his mind. Because when he saw her, he told the laborers in the field, I want you to leave handfuls of purpose. He didn't say on purpose. On purpose is intentional, but of purpose is prophecy. Read it, read it. It's in my text. Handfuls of purpose. Somebody shout handfuls of purpose. I think we got to do some handfuls on purpose. That's intentional living or any relationship. We got to be purposeful, but that's not what he's saying. He said, you leave handfuls of purpose because it's prophetic. When he saw her, he did not see where she was from. He did not just see where she was, but he saw what she could be. 
I hear she's from Moab, but I just think there's greatness in her. You can't go on an outreach like we did yesterday with 63 people and see people from where they're from. You gotta see people for where they might become, who they might become and where they might. Listen, when God looked on you, he didn't just see the things you've done, he saw what he wanted you to be. That's why he went to Calvary to remove your past, to give you a divine purpose. You are not here by accident today. You are here by the leading of Almighty God because God has something better for you than Moab. God's got something better for you than your failure. God has something great for your life and for your family. You believe it, clap your hands and say, God has something great for my life. Brother Ben Nutter sings a powerful song and it goes something like this. If you had known me before I knew him, you'd understand why I love him so much. Just an old rejected relic on the auction block. We all relate with that. That when we came to God, we were unworthy. When we came to God, we had mistakes. When we came to God, we had regrets. And I wish I never had. I wish it never happened to me. But aren't you glad God didn't leave you in that state? But he said, here's what I've got for you. I've got something better. I've got something great. Somebody say amen. Come here, Reaper. Come here, Brother Denver. You gotta have your basket. You gotta, you, you, you gotta go down the corn row and gather. You gotta gather. Hey, hold on. See that, see that lady over there? See that lady over there? Come here, Krista. See that Her name's Ruth. She's gonna be coming behind you because I've watched how she gleans. Make sure that you leave handfuls of purpose on your row. Make sure that when she's coming down, you see her, you make sure you take out of your basket and you put on the path that she's coming on because uh, <clears throat> I've got my eye on her. Amen. See, people don't understand the eye of God. When they talk about the all-seeing eye, they think he's up there with lightning bolts <laughs> loaded in his arm. <laughs> God's out to kill me. He's not out to kill us. He'd already killed you if he wanted to. I mean, no, that's the truth. No, he's, he's looking for greatness in you. If she only knew where she was, if she only, and go on, go on, Reaper, get, get, keep working. Don't, don't get lazy on me now. Yeah, yeah, he's gathering. And uh, she, she's looking at the ground. You got to scoop it up. You got, she's so hungry. She's been in Moab. She's gleaning. Oh, you're doing a good job. Amen. Don't go to that road because they're selfish over there. Amen. They, they ain't leaving anything out. They're gathering it all. You see, the things of God, when God blesses you, everybody say abundance. When God gives you abundance, it's not to build bigger barns and store your stuff. It's to, it's to give and share. He loves everybody equally. That's a fact. Amen. You're not going to get to heaven. There's going to be subdivisions. Low, low levels and high levels. It's not going to be that way. I don't believe the preachers are going to have a little secret corner down there that says private drive. Uh -uh. For whatever reason, call me to be a minister, but the faithful saints of God get equal. There's no big eyes and little U's in the kingdom of God. 
We're all made in his image. Amen, red or yellow, black or white. We're all precious in his sight. Doesn't matter how long you're in the church or never been in the church, God's got a final destiny for everybody. He, he really does. And collaboratively, we are the bride of Christ. How many believe? He sees us as his bride. And there's a reaper. Come up here, the reaper. Come on, reaper. And come on, gleaner. Walk across the front right here. You, come on, you, you, you're gathering the corn. and You're gathering the wheat. Go ahead. You're going to get in the wheat field. I'm talking about bread. Come on, you're gathering and you're laying down every now and then. You're looking over your shoulder and you say, she's coming. Oh, Boaz said, lay for handfuls of purpose. People shouldn't come to God and just try to get out of Moab. They got to come to God and realize there's something better for me than Moab. Handfuls of purpose means there's ministry in me. There's greatness in me. There's prosperity in me. I'm going to tell you right now, God wants to prosper you. You don't have to suffer the rest of your life. He's got more than you need ready for you. That's what God has. I wish somebody would prophesy to yourself, God's going to prosper me. Do you believe that? I said, God wants to prosper me. God wants to do great things. We're the sons of God. We got royal blood flowing there. He wants to do something mighty in my life. It's not the will of God for me to stay in Moab. Well, hey, keep on. I mean, there's harvest ready. And she's gleaning. She gets full. My goodness, she's, she, gets, she gets her basket full. You got, you got to hold her. It's, I mean, it's like full. Man, she got faith. I said she's full. She kept on gathering. Glory to God. She, she goes home. Naomi looks. I don't know why. I look at old time scripture verses. I picture screen doors. How many remember screen doors shut when you're a kid? Man, I picture looking at the screen door. Ruth, she comes in. Oh my goodness, Ruth, what? Let me help you with all my lands. She's a little older than her, so she got stooped a little bit. She lays all of that. Ruth, where in the world have you been? Because I'm telling you, somebody's got their eye on you. Nobody gleans and never gets that much. Because gleaners are strangers. Gleaners are strangers. So gleaners get the leftovers. But somehow, you show up as if you belong there. The amount you've been given as if you're a part of the family. Now, where have you been? Oh, I've been to Boaz's field. They said, don't you realize whose field you're in? You're in he's the richest man around. She said, whatever you do, don't go to another field. You stay in that one because he's looking at you. Can I say to you, don't leave the church and go to the tavern. Come on now. Don't you go somewhere else. Somebody's got their eye on you. They got a plan for your life. Come on, jump to your feet and clap your hands and shout, God's got his eye on me. Come on, God's got his eye on me. I come to a close today. I come to a close today. He said, listen, church, have you seen who's been here? Isn't that Ruth the Moabite? Oh, no, 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 no. That's Ruth. We're not going to say Ruth the Moabite is in this house. 
she felt so apart, she stuck around for dinner. We ought to have an atmosphere that's so powerful. When people show up, they just want to stick around. Because they can't get any, they get more on one service here than they got in Moab. The love of God, the peace of God, the healing of God. Somebody shout, it's here. Man, look at the blessings in your life. Whatever you do, don't leave. Stay in the field that God is blessing. Boaz, I know Boaz. Boaz. Oh, Ruth, I don't have time to tell you right now, but you're going to learn who Boaz is. You know why? You know why Boaz could see something in her when other people just said she's from Moab? Because Boaz's mother, her name was Rahab, who was in the wall of Jericho, and she was a harlot who did not want to die in the judgment of God. Study it. And there were two spies that showed up in her house, and when they did, and she took them up and she hid them under the harvest. Because when they found out the spies were in Jericho, she hid them, knowing if I protect what's here, I'll have a future. And they said, am I okay to preach just a couple more minutes? And they told Rahab the harlot, when she said, I don't want to die with these people. I want to be like you all. I want to go where you go. I want your people to be my people. He said, I'll tell you what to do. Hang a, hang, hang a scarlet ribbon outside your window. And when the judgment of God, whatever you do, don't leave the house. You stay inside that scarlet. You stay inside that redemption. You stay inside of that prophecy and promise. And when we see the red, the scarlet red ribbon out the window, when judgment comes, your house will be spared and everybody with you, but everything else is going to be destroyed. And God records Rahab in Hebrews 11 as a hero of faith because she had enough faith to hide the spies, believing there's a future for her and her family. And Boaz, she married uh, um, Salmon, and they had a boy by the name of Boaz. A harlot converts to the word of God, marries a Hebrew and has a son. And Boaz is the richest man in town. He's sort of a king in Bethlehem. He realized I have what I have because the people of God made room for me in their kingdom. One generation away from corruptness, chaos, sin, and shame. But when you come to God, it's as if he just says, that's the past. Here's what I've got for you. And when Boaz sees Ruth, he doesn't see where she's from. He sees a Rahab with the future. And if God could do it for my family, he's going to do it for your family. If God brought me out of chaos, he's going to bring her out of chaos. I wonder what great things are going to come out of her. Keep, keep giving a handful. What you got to realize, when you're driving up down Pine Street and you see all these kids playing out in the yard, that might be the next Boaz. 
You see a young lady walking down the street and we're doing outreach. You see a, you see a man in his 50s. You see a, a, a lady in her 60s. You see somebody, it doesn't matter the age because God has no age barrier in who he loves. And you walk up to them. You say, I got, can I pray with you? Can I minister to you? You got to realize everybody has a destiny. And you got to look at them with the lens. I used to borrow people's glasses. Now I got my own. You look at them with the lens of God and not the lens of man. And you look at them through the eyes of Boaz and not the eyes of a judgmental community. You realize there's hope for them. We don't care that you've been in jail. God's got purpose for you. We don't care that you used to have an addiction. God's got purpose for you. We realize you used to have immoral thoughts, but God's got purpose for you. We realize it was a product of Moab. And if I'd have been born in Moab, I'd have been the same way. But guess what? God's got a house for you in Bethlehem. I'm prophesying to you. There's blessing. God's going to bless you. But don't forget that Boaz said to the reapers, people that belong here, take your blessing and share it. Because in you blessing others is prophecy. It's handfuls of purpose. Read in the foyer before you leave. What is our mission statement? It's restoring people for a greater purpose. They're going to come broken. They're going to come needing. They're going to be blessed in their life. How many of that was you in this building? You came broken, but God fixed you. Come on, hands all over the building. I got great news for you. I'm almost done. He marries Ruth. He married her. And his field is now her field. She's no longer Ruth the Moabitess. Then she's Ruth, the wife of Boaz. She now carries his name. The past is gone. She has a son. She has a son. His name is Obed. Obed has a son. His name is Jesse. Jesse has a son and his name is David. And he became the king of Israel. Why? Because somebody stepped in her world and said, there's more here than anywhere else. God, I realize you might be here today with an addiction, but that's not your final destination. I realize you're here and you ran because of a famine and hurt and whatever it was. But that's not the final destination. There's bread in Bethlehem. And it's our job as a church to find people and leave enough. God's blessed you enough. He blessed me enough as a reaper to say, I'm going to leave extra. I'm going to invest. Man, I feel that. Would you lift your hands around the building and say, I'm going to invest in others. There's a Ruth in my world. There's a Ruth in my world. Boaz is the king. He's the groom. He's the owner of the field. But there's a Ruth coming down the path. She's hungry. She's looking for change. Hallelujah. Come here, Ruth. Stand with Pastor. Her life was surrounded by addiction. It's truth, isn't it? Parents were addicted. Chaos in her life. But when she came to church as a bus kid, 
invited by this guy that was whistling at her. I thought he'd just been so winning. He was investing in his future. Come here, Danny. Danny was in a gang called the Bloods. Sold out to the devil. Drugs and partying and chaos. But was miserable. He came to church to get somebody kicked out of the youth group. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. He had, his, he had a hat like this. He had all these chains hanging around his neck. He looked like a Mr. Mr. T starter kit, you know. His jogging pants on the back were hanging down here. I think they was tied around here somewhere with a rope. He had a hoodie shirt on with a word I can't say from the pulpit. It was bad news. But there was a, there was a Boaz. There was a church that looked at both of you through the eyes of God. Now he's operating in an engineering firm. She's graduated. She's going to be an occupational therapist with a master's degree. Amen. It would have been addiction. It would have been bondage. It would have been, it would have been dropping away from education. It would have been confusion. It's where it was. But when they came to God, it was not just getting out of Moab not just getting out of a drug house. It was going to a place of Bethlehem where God has something prepared. Come on, there's a bunch of more of these in Zanesville. I'm glad he saved me. And I know Saturdays are your day. I know Saturdays are your day, but you might have to reach in your blessed, in your blessed basket of time and pour some time out and lay it down and invest in a Ruth and she realizes that church takes time for me. Somebody knocked on my door. Somebody picked me up and somebody drove a church van. You're not here just because of the love of God. You're here because somebody drove a van to your house every Sunday. Every Sunday night, every Wednesday. I've traveled and preached youth meetings all over this country and I've said this, I would not want to stand in judgment between them. Somebody raised in this church. Then my parents would say, get up, let's go to church. Get up, let's go to church. Let's go to Not going to church, not an option. We're going to the house of God. And then them not ever miss a church service. Parents that did not live for God. I've come to tell you, there's a generation that's hungry for what God has given us. I come to say to this congregation, it's harvest time. It's harvest time, but we've got to invest in others. There's rules at harvest time that do not apply at other times. I don't care where you've been, what you've done, God's got a plan for your life. But I speak to the reapers in the building. I speak to the laborers in the field. It's time to take out of your basket. It's time to take out of your time that God's blessed you with and invest in a roof that's going to produce a king. That's going to kill giants and change nations. They're going to be missionaries and preachers. I'm trying to quit, but I feel this today. God's going to do, help me want to, help me want to invest in somebody else. It might be watching somebody's kids so they can sit in church. It might be teaching a Sunday school class. It might be going to the prayer room before church and say, let the atmosphere be powerful. Help pastor preach better this week than he did last week. I don't care what you pray, just pray. 
But somebody's got to get a hold of God because somebody's coming out of Moab looking for something better. I'm glad I have tonight what the world needs. I've got the Holy Ghost. I've got salvation and I've got purpose. Let's all stand and bow our heads in this room. I preached you in my heart this morning. You're the laborer. You gotta listen to the voice of the Boaz who said there's a future in them. Quit talking bad about this city and realize there's a house of bread here. There's blessing in this community and it's gonna, it's gonna flourish. God, help my eyes open to the roofs. Help me take what you blessed me with and give it to others. My time, my finances, my giftings and my talents. I'm gonna help somebody. Let's all pray all over this building. Would you do that? Would you let, let your voice be heard to God? Would you let your voice be heard to the Lord? God's not asking a lot, just handfuls of purpose. Just a portion of what he's you with. Hallelujah. God's about to pour some, put some people in your path that's going to glean from the blessings that he's given you with. Come on, that's it. I want everybody all over the building praying. Everybody all over the building praying. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Who's the next Danny and Christian in this church? Who's the next Tony Richard? They're gonna show up in this church and say, I'm going to the altar today. Who's the next preacher gonna be restored? The next missionary gonna be healed? Who's the next believer going to be encouraged? Who's the next atheist that's going to become a believer? Come on, the Lord's moving among us right now. They're going to be on your path. You're, you're reaping from the fields of God. God, allow gleaners to follow you because you're giving them handfuls of purpose. Hallelujah. If you're here today, every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, I'm hungry for the things of God, would you raise your hand? You're hungry for the things of God. I see hands all over the building. We're not going to embarrass you, but we want to pray with you. I want you to come. The Lord said, I'm going to feed the hungry today. Come on, it might be whatever it is. It might be a miracle you need. I want you to come from, if you raise your hand, I want you to come from all over this building and stand at this altar. Come on, that's it. We want to pray with you. We want you to feast in the fields of God. Here I am. Come on, gather all over the building if you're hungry for the things of God. I need a miracle. I need a miracle in my marriage. I need a miracle in my body. I need financial help. I, I need direction. If you can use anything, Lord. Unto us a child is born. Take my 
Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.